Good morning. Welcome to another Walking with Jesus through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is good to be with you for day number 33. Here as we are in Genesis chapter 22. And this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And uh, I say that a lot. I have a lot of favorite chapters in the Bible. But this is such a powerful story, I think because it's so often misunderstood and misconstrued as to what's really happening here. And there's such a powerful picture of the gospel in this chapter, Genesis 22. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, so rich and full of grace and life and truth and power. Would you please apply your word to our hearts today? Help us to receive your word by faith. Help us to respond to your word in love and obedience and rejoicing in who you are and how you've revealed yourself to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, 
because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heavens and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now after these things, it was told to Abraham, Behold, Milcah also has borne children to your brother Nahor, Uz his firstborn, Buzz his brother, Kemuel the father of Aram, Chesed, Hazo, Pildash, Jidloth, and Bethuel. Bethuel fathered Rebekah. These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. Moreover, his concubine, whose name was Rumah, bore Teba, Geham, Tehash, and Mekah. Genesis 22. In the English Standard Version, again, we're using ESV.org for our on-screen display. This powerful chapter, I want to clear up a few misconceptions. First of all, many people have used this chapter to sort of criticize God or um, condemn God, for because how could he possibly ask Abraham to sacrifice his son? That's child sacrifice, and that's disgusting, and why would God ask him to do that? And they miss the fact that God didn't actually require Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. He required him to be willing to do so. He was testing his faith. Yes, he was looking to see if he would follow him and beyond what his eyes could see. Yes, but also they miss that even in Abraham's faith in God, there was a confidence that Isaac would survive this, that Isaac would live through this. He didn't know how, but there's several different clues here to show that he thought that Isaac would live through this. First of all, they go to the place where they're told to do this sacrifice, which is on one of the mountains in the area of Moriah, which we'll talk about in a minute. But he tells the young men who go with him, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and will come again to you. He said, we're going to come again to you, right? And then when Isaac says, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham says, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son, in verse 8. And they both of them went together. Now, Hebrews 11, picking up on this, tells us that Abraham reasoned that God was able to raise the dead. And metaphorically speaking, he did receive back Isaac from the dead. So Abraham trusted God. God did not actually require Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. He spared Abraham that pain. But even in his faith in being willing to obey God, Abraham was trusting that God was going to do something because he knew that Isaac was the child of promise. And God had said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And so he was trusting God that this would not be the end of Isaac's life, either by resurrection, which Hebrews 11 tells us, or by substitution, that they would continue on together. Another misconception within the Islamic world, uh, there are 
critics of the Bible who say, well, Jewish scribes changed this story. And in, in the Islamic world, they say that this was actually a, a willing sacrifice of Ishmael. And they use verse 2, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And they said, well, Ishmael was the firstborn, and he was like 13 years older than Isaac. And so Ishmael would have been the only time when Abraham would have had only one son. It would have been Ishmael. But Ishmael's been sent away by this time. Remember yesterday we looked at chapter 21? Ishmael has been disinherited and has been exiled because he is, he is the child of Abraham's flesh and not the child of God's promise. So Abraham does only have one son, the child of promise, Isaac. More powerfully, what we need to see here is the picture of Christ that is here. This is one of the clearest gospel pictures we have in the Old Testament. They go a three days journey. Hebrews says he receives back his son from the dead. His son is under the sentence of death. He's under, he's under the power of death, right? The sentence of death for three days as they're on this journey, as they go up the hill. And then he receives him back from the dead at the end of this three-day process. But also these mountains in Moriah, this is where Jesus was crucified. On what's known as Mount Moriah is where the temple would later be built by Solomon. It's where David would buy the threshing floor and would then, Solomon would then build the temple there. But just outside of the temple is Calvary, Gethsemane, uh, Calvary, uh, Golgotha, sorry, not Gethsemane, Golgotha, the place of the skull, Mount Calvary, uh, the place where Jesus was crucified. It's in the same group of mountains, which is where Jerusalem would uh, be expanded to stand. At this time, um, Jerusalem, such as it existed, was a smaller uh, hilltop city on a, on a neighboring hill. Um, but So here we have this, this powerful depiction of Isaac, the son, the only son, the son whom he loves. I mean, that's exactly what God the Father could say about Jesus. He's the son, his only son, the son whom he loves, the son of promise. Right? Isaac here is a picture of Christ. He he carries the wood up the hill, just as Jesus carried his cross up the hill. There is the fire and the knife for the sacrifice. Jesus, the fire of Jesus' sacrifice was the Holy Spirit. According to Hebrews chapter 9, he offered up through the eternal spirit. Uh, and so Jesus carried his wood up the hill and Jesus offered himself up um, by the blade the steel of the Romans, the nails in his hands and feet, and the spear in his side, but also by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And notice even he was laid on the wood. Abraham built the altar there, laid the wood in order, bound Isaac, and laid him on top of the altar, on top of the wood, told explicitly, bound and laid on top of the wood. That's how crucifixion was done. And so it's a picture of that. But God is more gracious to Abraham than he is to himself. God spares Abraham and does not require him to go through with the sacrifice. And God would not spare his own son. Romans 8.32 tells us, He who did not spare his own son, 
but freely gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So we have a picture of Christ and a picture of God the Father's willingness. Jesus is the lamb that God provided for himself for the burnt offering. And it is after this willingness of Abraham to offer up Isaac that that God commends Abraham. Abraham calls the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The Lord will provide. That's Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Yirah uh, in the Hebrew. And it literally means the Lord will see to it or, or um, yeah, the Lord will see to it. And then the second part on the mount of the Lord, it will be seen to or another way you could translate that because it's in the passive voice is on the mount of the Lord, he will be seen. So um, you can say the Lord will see to it and on the mount of the Lord, he shall be seen. Jesus is the one who appears on the mount of the Lord to be the provision, to be the fulfillment of Jehovah Jireh, the, the provision for our sin. Oh, there's so much more to see in this beautiful passage. But the, the offspring that's being talked about, your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. That's Jesus. Jesus is the promised offspring. Look at Galatians to see that. And he said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He promised that in Matthew 16. So Jesus is the offspring who possesses the gate of his enemies. The gates of hell do not prevail. Jesus has the keys of death and Hades. This is such a beautiful picture of what God was willing to do for us. You see, we get caught up in the human level and say, well, how could Abraham have done this? How could God have asked this of Abraham? God wanted to show Abraham what it would cost for us to be forgiven. God wanted to show us in this memorable story what he was willing to do for us and for our salvation. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for giving us your son, our savior. We have no hope apart from him. He is the lamb who takes away our sin. He is the one who died and who rose again three days later, who conquered death and hell, who leads us in triumphant victory. We praise you for Jesus, our savior. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, tomorrow, day 34, we're going to be jumping back to the New Testament, looking at Matthew chapter 9. Hope you can join us then. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm-hmm.